from Tokyo, Japan and New Plymouth, New Zealand. This is Down to Business English with your hosts, Skip Montreux and Samantha Vega. I have a question for you, Samantha. What would that be, Skip? When you hear the label digital nomad, or someone says that they are a digital nomad, what image comes to mind? You're asking me what I think it would be like to be a digital nomad? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't really need to think about that too much. You, you don't? No. I spent over a dozen years being a digital nomad. In fact, I consider myself to be a digital nomad pioneer of sorts. <laughs> you do? Why is that? Well, as you know, when I left Tokyo in uh, 2001, I lived in Koh Samui, Thailand, for 13 years. You were there for 13 years? You're kidding. And I didn't visit you even once? No. And you never visited even once. Yeah, I'm painfully aware of that. Most of my friends from Tokyo made it over at some point. Oh, well. Your loss. Anyway. While I was living in Thailand, I was also producing a daily radio show that was aired in Japan. It was a kind of a unique situation at that time. And believe it or not, at the beginning, I was using a dial-up modem. I still remember that sound it made when you connected. Right, that modem squawk. Oh, that's right. But you were not traveling around the world at that time, living in different countries while you were working. You were based in one place, Koh Samui. Yeah, true, but I was fairly nomadic. I do the show from a variety of places around Thailand and Southeast Asia. Basically, as long as they had an internet connection, I could work. Okay, so in that sense, you were definitely a pioneer. Why are you asking about being a digital nomad? Are you thinking of hitting the road and getting out of Tokyo? No, no, no. I, I love it here. The reason I brought it up is because the Japanese government very recently announced that they are creating a new six-month work visa, specifically aimed at digital nomads. Oh, that's a curious development. Japan's not the easiest country to get permission to work in if you're not a citizen. It is an interesting development. And Japan is certainly not the first country to vie for digital nomads to come over and set up shop in the country. More and more people are adopting a digital nomad lifestyle these days. That is true. They are. And today on Down to Business English, we are going to take a closer look at this growing trend. And perhaps you could share your insights on what it is like to be a digital nomad. Sure. I'd be happy to. Great. So. Let's do it. Let's get D2B down to business with the digital nomad lifestyle. Maybe a good place to start is with the term itself, digital nomad. That is a good idea. Why don't you explain? Sure. Let's break down the two words. The definition of a nomad is a person who moves from place to place, looking for resources like food, water, shelter. The indigenous people of North America were traditionally nomadic, before the Europeans showed up, that is. Yes. The indigenous peoples of the Great Plains and Canadian prairies especially 
they followed the Great Plains buffalo for food. So, to be nomadic means to move from place to place. Right. Add the word digital to nomad, and you're talking about a person who leverages technology to do their work from anywhere, any continent, any country, any city. Chasing Wi-Fi instead of food and shelter. Exactly. And with the improvement of technology and digital tools over the past 10, 15 years, the digital nomad lifestyle has become more accessible to people. I'd say so. I'd also say that employers have become more open to their employees working from outside of the office, especially since COVID. And the statistics back that up. It is estimated that there were 35 million digital nomads working globally in 2023. That is up significantly from pre-pandemic levels. And who are they? I mean, where are those 35 million digital nomads coming from? By far, the U.S. 47%, or 16.9 million, of those nomads are Americans. Wow, that's almost half. It is. And American digital nomads far surpass the nationalities in the second and third spot. And they would be? The UK with 7%, and Russia and Canada tied at 5%. Wow, that is a significant difference between top spot and second place. I wonder what is driving that. A lot of factors go into it, but I suspect that the data collection is skewed toward US-based companies. In any event, the number of digital nomads is on the rise. And what about demographics? Is there one particular age group or gender that is inclined to lead a digital nomad lifestyle? The largest age group at 47% is in their 30s. And that is the millennial generation. Well, that makes sense. Millennials typically have some career stability, not to mention the tech skills to work remotely. And 23% are Gen X. And 17% are Gen Z. And gender? 57% are men, and 43% are women. Hmm. Almost, but not quite evenly split. Interesting. I could go on and on with statistics. One specific statistic I would be very interested in knowing is where are the top destinations for digital nomads? I'm guessing Thailand would be right up there. And you would be close. Actually, the U.S. leads in the category as the most visited country. 15% of the trips made by digital nomads were to the United States. Spain and Thailand are tied as the second most visited countries at 5%. However, in terms of the top cities for a digital nomad to set up, Bangkok, Thailand comes in first. I knew it would be a popular destination. Looking at a map, it is right in the middle of Southeast Asia and acts as a great travel hub. And if there is one thing you can say about Thailand, it is geared for welcoming visitors. It plays such a huge role in their economy. Well, Thailand may be okay with digital nomads calling their country home for a few months a year. But in other places, there are tensions brewing. Hmm, tensions. Tensions over what? Unlike a tourist who comes to a country for a short time and spends money, a nomad comes and, in addition to consuming, is earning a salary too. 
And in most cases, those salaries are in a stronger currency than the local currency. Right. So digital nomads can live a lifestyle that may be unrealistic or unreachable in their home country. Exactly. And the consequence of that is gentrification of the local economy. Mm, that is problematic. The price of everything from a cup of coffee to apartment rentals skyrockets. In a worst-case scenario, the influx of digital nomads into an area can result in local residents being pushed out. It just becomes too expensive for them to live in the area on a salary based on the local currency. Not good. Not good at all. To me, the idea of being a digital nomad is quite appealing, to a degree. I could see myself at some point in the future living in Tokyo half of the year, back in Canada for a few months, and then working from the road for the remainder of the year. But at the same time, I just don't know if the dream matches the reality. Tell me, Samantha, as a pioneering digital nomad, can you give me any insights on what it is like to be one? Well, as long as you were organized and stick to a plan and get your work done on time, you will be okay. I had an added challenge of having to find places that were quiet because I was recording. But other than that, I loved it. And now that your son has graduated and is out in the workforce, could you see yourself returning to the life of a digital nomad at some point in the future? Yeah, for sure. That is the plan. But I do have a mortgage now. <laughs> I see people posting pics on TikTok and Instagram about their amazing digital nomadic life, and it looks like a lot of fun. But I know that is only one side of it. There is the other side that requires you to do your work. You could just retire. <laughs> Not until that mortgage is out the door. <laughs> okay, and on that note, I think it is time for us to get D2V down to vocabulary. Let's kick D2V off today with the expression to hit the road. This phrase has two different nuances. One means to start a journey, and the other nuance means to leave a place. In the introduction to today's report, I used it with the first nuance. You did. Samantha asked me if I was thinking of hitting the road. She was asking me if I was thinking of leaving Tokyo. In a business context, imagine a scenario where your team has just finished preparing a proposal for a major client. Now the team needs to present it the next day at the client's office to their CEO. If you were the team leader, you might say, Okay, team, we've got a big day ahead of us with the client presentation tomorrow. Go home tonight, get a good rest because I want you all back here by 7 a.m. We'll run through everything one more time before leaving for the client's office. Don't be late because I want to hit the road by 10 a.m. sharp. 7 a.m.? I am glad I am not on that team. Obviously, you couldn't be a tradie. What's our next word, Samantha? The next word on our list was also used in the introduction of today's episode. The verb to vie. When you vie for something, you are competing for it with others. 
In our discussion on digital nomads, Skip mentioned how Japan has become the latest country to vie for the attention of digital nomads by introducing a new type of visa specifically for them. I was saying that Japan is competing with other countries to become an attractive destination for digital nomads. How would you use this in a business context, Skip? A real-world example would be how last month Elon Musk was vying for more control over Tesla. Oh, he was? How was he vying for that? He was making comments on X, stating that he was uncomfortable growing Tesla to be a leader in AI and robotics without having at least 25% voting control. It was an attempt to pressure Tesla's board into giving him more say in the company. Did it work? No word on that yet. Now, we should point out one important thing about the verb buy. When you use it in its base form, the spelling is V-I-E. But when you use it in I-N-G form, vying, the spelling changes to V-Y-I-N-G. Ah, huh, really? I don't think I knew that. <laughs> well, that's what spell checking software is for. <laughs> That's right. Couldn't live without it. Uh, do you have our next word? I do. Our next and final word on D2V today is the verb to adopt. When you adopt something, you take up or start using something new. You can adopt an idea, a new method of doing something, or a new lifestyle. In today's report, again in the opening, Samantha commented that more and more people are adopting a digital nomad lifestyle. In other words, they are taking up or starting this new way to live and work. In a business context, companies often need to adopt new technologies to stay competitive. For example, a retail business might adopt an online shopping platform to expand its market reach and meet the changing shopping habits of consumers. That is a perfect example, Samantha. And it's through adoption that businesses can evolve and thrive in our rapidly changing world. Would you like to help D2B reach more people wanting to improve their business English skills? Be sure to follow D2B on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any place podcasts are found. While you are there, leave a rating and a review and tell everyone how much you enjoy the show. And that is our report on the digital nomad lifestyle. Thanks so much for discussing this with me, Samantha. Don't mention it, Skip. The topic got me thinking about the old days back in Samui. <laughs> How long has it been since you lived there? Six years. Time for a trip back, I think. Oh, that would be so nice. D2B members, the bonus vocabulary for today's episode will be released within the next 24 to 48 hours. So please be sure you are subscribed to your members-only RSS feed. The five additional words and phrases will be to skew, to be inclined to do something, the phrase not to mention, to brew, and the noun 
gentrification. Very useful business vocabulary, so you don't want to miss out on that episode. If you are a D2B member and are not subscribed to your member-only RSS feed, be sure to go to your member account on the D2B English website to find it. Copy and paste that feed into your favorite podcast platform and you will never miss any of the D2B member-only episodes and bonus D2B content we release. And if you are not a D2B member, do consider becoming one. Not only do you get all of our bonus content and have access to the audio script library, it is a great way to support the show. To become a member, go to d2benglish.com forward slash membership and sign up. That's d2, the number two, benglish.com slash membership. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Take care. Have a comment or question about today's show? Don't be shy. Visit the D2B website or Facebook page and post any comments or questions there. Skip, Des or Samantha will be sure to leave a reply. Down to Business English. Business news to improve your business English.